Hello and welcome to the Next in Line podcast where we are helping to prepare you for whatever is next in line. As always, I am your host, Chance Pitts, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this episode. Guys and gals, welcome into another episode of the Next in Line podcast. Very excited to have y'all in here today to talk about another awesome topic in personal development. But before we dive into that, guys, let's go ahead and take care of that housekeeping. If you receive value from this episode or any other episode of the Next in Line podcast, I would ask that you share the show with like-minded individuals who could receive the same kind of value. That's the number one way for us to grow and to reach a larger audience and, in effect, guys, help more people. That's the number one reason that we are here doing this podcast is to try to help as many people as possible realize their full potential and to just develop themselves personally in the most positive way. Now, along with that, guys, you can also leave us a rating, a review, like, subscribe, comment, and just generally interact with us on whatever platform you find yourself listening on. That's going to help us pop up a little bit earlier in the search bar as people look for personal development and self-help type podcasts. Now, guys, another thing you should do is give us a follow on social media, especially this week. We'll have some awesome, awesome updates uh, Friday and Saturday as we're going out to do some pacing at Cocodona. Um, and you can follow us at Next In Line Development on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Now, guys, I've got some announcements here. As I mentioned, we will be out in Arizona pacing for the Cocodona 250. Dan Gilliam out there is running... Uh, May 1st through 6th or so for the Cocodona 250. That's a 250-mile ultramarathon from Black Canyon City to Flagstaff, Arizona. We'll be out there on the 4th through the 6th, uh, depending on how much he needs us out there on the course doing some pacing. Super excited about that one. It's going to be some awesome things on social media from that, videos, pictures, and whatnot. So make sure you keep up with us there, guys. Now, along with that, we've added another race into the schedule. On June 10th, we'll be at Ricochet's Riot over in Colleen, Texas. Uh, Dad, Billy Pitts, has already signed up. We've got a few more people considering signing up and wanting to be out there. So we should have a pretty good crew of runners out there running that race. I know myself and Chris Barnes and a couple of others talked about uh, getting out there and getting on our feet for an extended period of time in some of the longer races like the 50K. There's also 25K, 10K, 5K. I think there's a couple of ruck options as well. So be looking for that out there, guys. Following that, on August 12th, we'll be out at Habanero 100 for the relay over in Cat Spring, Texas, just west of Houston. Uh, super excited about that race. We've got what sounds like two or three relay teams that will be out there competing. Uh, we've also got a couple of people that might run some distance events out there, some ultra events. However, uh, still working out the logistics of that, but just know we'll have a good team. We've got a camper that's going to be out there. So if you're interested in being as part of that relay, I've had a couple people reach out. Uh, but if you are interested in running that race out there with us or, or fitting into one of these teams, please let us know. Uh, we'll reach out to you. We'll get some people in touch with you and try to see what we can come up with. Following that, guys, next on the schedule is KD225. I know we just did the podcast over the logistics and how that race looks on the last episode. But we'll be out in Missouri on October 23rd starting that race. Uh, super excited to run across the state of Missouri and really see what I'm capable of and push into that upper limit out there. If you're interested in crewing or pacing for that race as well, reach out. I've got a great group of people that are already going to be there. Uh, but 
love to have anybody out there that's interested in this sport, uh, in the running community, or possibly just getting their foot in the door and don't know where to start. Another one that we have that we've just added is we have a couple of people signed up for Brazos Bend 100. That's December 2nd over in Needville, Texas, so just south of Houston. So that's going to be another very exciting one. It's a very flat, very runnable course. Uh, It's a great one to do your first ultra event at, uh, but that race does fill up very quickly, so be aware of that. Now, with all of these announcements and all of these things that we've talked about with running and these ultra marathons, I often get... A question or I have people come to me and say how did it get to this point all this running and all this craziness and all this over-the-top amount of fitness that you're doing and always running around with all these great people how did this happen and I'll answer that with a question what if I told you that all of these races everything I've done up to this point the fitness stuff the relationships I've been able to foster What if all of those things almost didn't happen? Because I'll tell you the truth, it was very, very close to not happening. Most of those events almost ended up caught in a trap. And it's a never-ending trap. And it seems to just get kicked down the road just for miles and miles and miles. And that trap is the next time trap. And what do I mean by the next time? time trap. You see, this conversation came from a another conversation that I had earlier in this week that was very involved with me and my dad discussing this very topic. So huge shout out to Mr. Billy Pitts and thank you for kind of the inspiration behind this conversation. But what I mean by next time is probably better showed in a few examples. Have you ever had a friend ask you to go on some kind of weekend trip or a getaway or just to go on vacation, but everything with it was just a little too involved for you, a little too much commitment, even though you would have really enjoyed the trip. And whenever they ask you, you come back and you say, ah, man, I'll I'll go next time. Catch me next time. Make sure you invite me again. Or maybe you've had someone offer to take you hiking or to work out with you or take you on a run or be a part of some engaging activity like being on a co-ed softball team or a volleyball team or or something like that. But you were just a little bit too uncomfortable with where you were physically to let yourself go and be a part of that. Maybe you were a little bit embarrassed. And so you hit them with, oh man, that sounds like so much fun, but you know, just, just let me, let me know next time when you're doing it again, I'll probably do it. Or maybe it's one of those spots where you've had someone reach out, a headhunter or a recruiter or somebody with a job offer or job opportunity to come interview with a company that would maybe give you a little bit more freedom, more PTO, maybe give you a pay raise or a better long-term path to retirement or where are you trying to take yourself? Maybe it was a business opportunity and entrepreneurship where you could have dove into your own business, but you just kept overanalyzing and you found everything wrong with the situation and you realize that you had all these people that are relying on you to make sure things end up going the right direction. So with that overanalyzation, you just beat yourself to death to the point of your conversation leads to, you know, it's not a good time right now, but keep me in mind for next time. 
You see, that's just three easy examples of things that happen every day in life to people and that happened to me for a very long time that illustrate perfectly this next time trap. So what if I told you that all it takes is breaking the trap one time to forever change the way that you look at opportunities? Guys, I don't want to say these things to brag, but I've had some really good successes in life here lately. In the past few years, I've been able to lose a ton of weight after having some of the worst dietary habits ever. I mean, you can ask my wife, you can ask my parents, you can ask my friends, everyone around me how that used to go. I've joined the ultra running community and I've started a path down trying to be somewhat of a true ultra runner and a somewhat hopefully eventually recognized ultra runner after leading a sedentary life for five to six years. That's another example of breaking that mold, guys. I had a job transition to San Antonio that I was honestly very scared to make, leaving a company that was safe and well-known, and it's changed my life drastically. It's given me opportunities to do things that I never would have otherwise. Next, over the past several years, I've really been able to build some lasting relationships that have endured changes and huge milestones and events in life that I didn't think would have ever been able to happen. I've had so many people come into my life and fade out and come into my life and fade out, but there's been so many constants that have stayed and been part of this lifelong change and journey that I'm starting. Next, deciding to buy a house in a crazy market. And stepping out of our comfort zone to do so, we had no bills living in a travel trailer for a long time, but it just wasn't sustainable for the goals that we had for ourselves. Last example I'll give you guys is being in a position to afford to have a baby and not go completely crazy with it. You know, all this wild things going on in the world, all this inflation, all the craziness, the societal issues we have going on, and we decided that we can afford to do it because we are going to do things the way they need to be done. These are all examples of breaking the mold and deciding to not fall victim to the next time trap. Because each and every one of those things could have been something that we said, you know, we're, we're not quite ready for that. You know, this this isn't quite the right time. You know, we'll, we'll do it next time something comes into play, next time we get the opportunity. And... Like I said, guys, I lived that for a very long time. I talked about the sedentary lifestyle for five to six years. I talked about the job transition, but the truth is I had several opportunities to change career paths and get something a little bit more inviting to the journey I wanted to go on and the path I wanted to go down. I had several opportunities to start working out and losing the weight and start running and do all these awesome things that I wouldn't let myself commit to. Because I lived in that next time trap. I had that next time mindset most of my adult life. And the truth is there was about three different things that I let keep me in that trap for a very long time, guys. And I think 
whenever we reflect on it and we really look at it and evaluate it, I think these are some of the same three things that keep other people in that same trap for a very long time. And as you're listening to this, I invite you to make the comparison, evaluate your own life and see, are these things that are keeping you from doing some of the amazing things that you might want to do in life? Are these three things keeping you from reaching your bigger goals that you have for yourself? Guys, starting with number one, probably the biggest thing that kept me and in some ways still keeps me in the next time trap is the fear of failing. You know, the fear of having that embarrassment whenever you're unable to accomplish that thing that you set out to do and the goal that you set for yourself. There's always a stipulation that you're going to have to suck for a while before you're good at something. And that's just a rule of thumb. And it's really hard to let yourself decide to start over and to head down a path that better suits you, even though you might have to take a step backwards or make a lateral move for now. The next, guys, is the imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is one that kept me from doing the things that I needed to do for a very long time as well. And what exactly is imposter syndrome? It's feeling like you don't belong. It feels like you're an imposter in whatever it is that you're doing. It could be in your career. It could be in your health. It could be in finance. All these amazing things that you could have for yourself, but you won't let yourself do it because you feel like you don't belong or you don't deserve it. You feel like you're caught in that rut and you're caught in that norm of this is who I've always been or this is who my family has always been. These are the kind of people that we are. So, you know, that's just the way it's got to be. You get caught in that trap of, you know, I, I don't deserve to be here. I haven't worked as hard. I haven't been doing this as long as all these other people. And I'm just flat out not as good as them. Or maybe you get caught up in that trap of, you know, I'm just an ordinary guy. I'm just someone that doesn't you know, deserve greatness, doesn't deserve anything more than the, the nine to five struggle, the finances uh, with going into debt my entire life and just walking down this path for, for a very long time of trying to, trying to work to pay off my dues and never buying my own freedom over a long period of time. You know, this one really hits home for me because even today as I work to become as fit as I can, as I work to become as financially stable as I can, as I, as I work to help others and I have all these people reaching out to me and, and people just like you asking me questions about how to make changes in their lives. And even as I sit down to talk about these topics today, you know, it feels a little bit like, man, why am I here talking to these people whenever I've been exactly where they're seated? You know, I've, I've been that guy. I'm in some ways I'm still that guy that struggles with all these things, but The truth is, guys, your experiences that you go through and all of these things lead you towards being able to help others and being able to make the changes and being capable of being in whatever league you find yourself in. Guys, the third thing that kept me in that trap for a long time was the inability to commit. You see, once I find that I'm capable of doing something and once I find that I'm supposed to be making certain decisions, I don't cut myself any slack. 
And for that reason, guys, I knew that as soon as I decided to start getting control of my health, whenever I started to start looking at new career paths, whenever I decided to work towards my goals as a runner, I knew that the commitment involved with those because of the kind of person I am was going to be very, very rigorous. It was going to be extremely involved. It was going to consume most of my time and it was going to take so much effort on my part because I don't let things go halfway. I don't want to be halfway committed. I don't want to sign up for something and just go through the motions. No, I want to be successful in everything that I do and everything I try to be a part of. So that's something that paralyzed me as well is that inability to commit to that. Under that same scope though, guys, it's really important to understand that commitment is something that you have to do and you have to decide for yourself. There's a huge difference between wanting to see a change or wanting to make a change and having to or needing to have that change. And what I mean by that, guys, is for a long time, specifically with my health, with my weight, I wanted to get back in shape. I wanted to lose the gut. I wanted to be able to go out and run and do all these awesome things. I wanted to have a six-pack. I wanted to be able to see the muscles in my arms uh, and just, just be lean and mean and cut and, and really happy with my physique. But for a long time, I didn't need to see that. You know, I, I didn't need to get control of my health. And because of that, that five or six years that I was sedentary, the, the time that I spent eating terribly and drinking all the time, all of those things were under that wanting to change category. Whenever I finally looked in the mirror that day, whenever I finally realized what I was doing to myself and how embarrassing it was to not be the person I thought I was, but also how much of a disservice I was doing to everyone around me by not being the best version of myself physically or mentally because of the things I was putting in my body and the lack of physical movement, that was when that shift happened and I went to the needing to change side of things. So what do you do? How do you combat these three different things? Well, we'll break it down a little bit, guys. One thing I'm going to say is I'm also going to throw in a quote surrounding these from some awesome people. So associated with the fear of failing, guys, Aaron Hansen has a quote. It goes like this. What if I fail? Oh, but my darling, what if you fly? Guys, you can't let the fear of failing paralyze you. Because like we talked about, guys, failure will happen. And the truth is, it is a phenomenal teacher. I cannot tell you how much throughout this running career of mine, I say very loosely, I have failed workouts. I failed to keep the times I've needed to do. I failed to reach the mileage I needed to run that week. I failed to maintain a slow pace at times. Sometimes I'm going way too fast. But the failures have all taught me why it is so important for me to keep working at it until I get it right. Why it is so important for me to show up and to be intentional every single day. And that is because without the failures and without those things pointing you in that direction, you don't know how to avoid the mistakes that you're going to inevitably 
come up to and the situations that are going to present themselves on your way to being successful and to putting forth the best effort and the best performance that you can. And along with that, guys, with the fear of failing, one way to combat that is to start small with your goals. All of us have things that we want to work towards. All of us have these awesome ideas of where we could be and the kind of people we could end up being in life. But the truth is, it doesn't happen overnight. We don't just decide we're going to be an ultra runner and go out and run 31 miles and just knock it out of the park on the first try. We don't decide that we're going to get financially free and then just eliminate all our debt in a couple of months. We don't decide we're going to end up being the CEO of a company or start our own business that is very successful, maybe a million dollar a year business, and then just achieve those goals overnight. No, you've got to take aim at the target that you have and then hit a couple bullseyes at a short distance. You got to set goals that allow you to work towards the direction you're going But goals that are also attainable, guys, things that you can do, things that you can achieve in the short term that keep you interested in progressing along the path to your larger goal so that whenever you hit that target at the short distance, then you can start moving it back little by little. And you can get to where you're making strides and huge, huge strides towards the goals that you have for yourself. And what you're doing with that, guys, is you're building confidence as well. You're eliminating the need to have that fear of failing. Of course, it'll always be there. It'll always be the thing that stays with you no matter what you do because we're humans. But the truth is it's fuel. It's something you can use, guys. You can use this fear of failing to make sure that you're hitting your small goals, that you're hitting Every step that you need to take down the path to success, it's an insurance policy that you want to make sure that you're not going to embarrass yourself. You're going to make sure that you don't take yourself out of the game by making some stupid little mistake because you're so afraid of failing. And that's okay, guys. That's good. That means you care about the process, that you care about the goals that you've set for yourself. And that's amazing. Guys, the fear of failing is one that you just have to wrap your mind around. You have to understand there's mistakes. You got to understand that you've got to set small goals and progress over time and pay dividends in towards your end goal and what you're looking to get out in the return on the back end. And then guys, the last thing I'll say is that any embarrassment, any self-consciousness you feel as you start towards these goals is just the power that you give someone else over you, not the power that they have over you. And what I mean by that, guys, is that you might find that you're embarrassed of an effort that you put forth or embarrassed of the skills or the talent that you have whenever you start something new. But when you really get into it, guys, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter if people laugh. It doesn't matter if people say that you're not capable of it because anything on the outside Any external factor that comes towards you that tries to deter you from walking the path that you need to go is nothing but a distraction. It's nothing but a little bigger wall for you to get over. And it grows every single time 
you give anyone power. It grows every single time you give a thought to that negative thing somebody once said. It grows every single time you believe that there's any kind of truth in these little dumb things that people say about how you're not going to make it or how you're not going to progress or how goofy you look for going out and trying to run for the first time in 20 years. All of those things just add up in this fear of failing and they make it harder to overcome that fear. But guys, the truth is whenever you decide that you're doing this for yourself, whenever you decide that you're a capable person and you understand that you're going to fail along the way and you're going to learn from those failures and you set your goals and you start to build this self-confidence, guys, that's when you overcome the fear of failing. The next one, guys, we talked about imposter syndrome. Here's your quote from Dennis Whaley. It's not what you are that holds you back. It's what you think you are not. And that is a beautiful quote to sum up the whole entire imposter syndrome issue at hand. Guys, first and foremost, we talked about it a little bit in the past, uh, but every single person you know, Tiger Woods, take all the professional athletes, LeBron James, anybody that is extremely good at what they do, Ed Sheeran on the guitar and vocals, whoever you can think of in this regard, guys, Courtney Dewalter, if you're a runner, every single person had to start somewhere. Every single person was a novice. At one point, they were not good at whatever it is that you consider them to be a professional at, guys. What you consider them to be the absolute best at, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, they at one point sucked. And guess what? You're an exempt from that, guys. Every single one of us will suck. But that doesn't mean we don't belong. It doesn't mean we don't have the opportunity to participate in these things that we want to participate in. If you want to go out and try to be the best runner, if you want to go out and try to be a bodybuilder, if you want to go out and try to be a business owner, all of these things, just know that you're going to be a novice and that things aren't going to be perfect. So you cannot let yourself focus on perfectionism. You cannot focus on trying to get everything right all the time because, guys, like we talked about, failure will happen. Mistakes will happen. And every single person you know in whatever industry, in whatever profession, in whatever sport, they've made the same mistakes, guys. You're just walking the path a little bit further behind them in the timeline that they had to walk as well. Next, guys, the world is full of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. All of these individuals that you see as well had the potential to be a nobody. Tiger Woods, LeBron, Courtney DeWalter, Ed Sheeran, all of these people. That if you're big in business industry, um, we can talk about Donald Trump. We can talk about uh, Bill Gates. We can talk about all these people that are extremely successful and wealthy. All of these people had the potential to be absolutely ordinary. But what they chose to do is they chose to commit to a process. They chose to dive in. They chose to make mistakes, to be okay with not being the best for a long time, and to learn and to screw up all along the way, and to probably deal with this same imposter syndrome that you're dealing with on the way to 
becoming extremely successful. They understood that you had to go through that process and that you had to really dive into and embrace the suck for a little while so that you could achieve great things. Next, guys, and the last thing under imposter syndrome is that you got to stick to the facts. Prime example, guys, I always feel like I don't belong in the running world. I always feel like I'm somebody that just started to do this one day on a whim, decided to sign up for a 50K, and and here I am now running some of these races. I have people ask me things, and, and I don't ever feel like I'm, I'm truly a capable person to be a coach or to help anybody with any issues because, you know, I know what works for me, but it doesn't always work for everyone else. And, and I'm new to this and I'm not that further, much further along than anyone else in their personal development journey. And the truth of the matter is, guys, I listed several things that have been great accomplishments in my life recently. And like I said, it's not to brag, but just putting everything on the table in black and white, I've been able to achieve some goals and I've had to learn so much along the way. I've had to consume so much knowledge to get to where I'm wanting to go. And absolutely, if we stick to the facts, I know a few things about taking care of yourself, about getting healthier, about fostering a better relationship with those around you while improving yourself, how to understand that you're going to lose people in this process and that there's a core group of people that are going to be great friends and and phenomenal people around you and and how to deal with that. You know, I've got experiences with all of these crazy and interesting things that I never thought I'd have experience with or never need to have experience with. But the fact of the matter is that I can help people because of my experiences and whatever you decide to go into, whatever you decide to, to dive into, to take on, to start as a novice in, whether it's business, whether it's something in the athletic or health realm, maybe it's something with your finances, whatever it is, guys, stick to the facts and understand that maybe you have put in the time, maybe you put in the effort, maybe you've got the experience, maybe you are exactly the person you think that you could never be. (laughs) Stick to the facts. Lastly, guys, we talked about the inability to commit. And I'm going to quote my old high school basketball coach, Hosea Smith. He used to tell us, commitment is like being pregnant. You can't be halfway pregnant. You either are or you aren't. And guys, I can't sum it up better than that. You have to need to see the change more than you want to be comfortable and more than you want to stay in the safety of the known. Guys, you have to decide that you're going to make the changes and you need to see the progress because It is ultimately what will move you closer towards the goals that you have for your life, for those around you, for your family, friends, and yourself. That is where the difference lies. And if you really think about things, if you really dive into it and evaluate your commitments, you've already made a ton of commitments in life, whether you understand it or not. So if you think you have the inability to commit, remember this. Whether you know it or not, guys, you're committed to maybe drinking too much, if that's your problem. You're committed to making sure that your plans always have the ability for you to have alcohol. You're committed to stopping into that grocery store or that convenience store to make sure you got that case of beer. You're committed to stopping 
at the liquor store and getting some kind of alcoholic beverage, whatever it is, guys. If you're committed to that, you're finding a way to do it no matter what. If you're committed to eating crappy, you're committed to going to that fast food joint and making that decision to eat something not as good for you. You're committed to walking down the aisles that you have to walk down to get the things that you need to not eat well whenever you're at the grocery store. You're committed to finding a way to eat the things that you want to eat and to do the things that you know you probably shouldn't be doing. If you're committed to not working out, that means you're consciously making an effort to find the easiest way to do everything. Because if you're not working out and you're embarrassed by that and you're really out of shape, you're probably also putting just as much effort into making your life as easy as you can, whether it's instead of walking down to the mailbox, it's hopping in the truck and driving down there instead. Maybe it's making sure that you stalk the parking lot to find the best parking spot you can for an extra 10 minutes at HEB instead of just walking in there and parking at the end of the parking lot. All of these things take commitment. They take effort. You're putting a lot of effort into maintaining these things that you are doing and the things that you want for yourself. So what if you just switched gears and changed your commitments to deciding you were going to commit to not drinking as much, commit to finding the healthy options, walking down the aisles that lead you towards being able to have good food and healthy options? What if you committed to, you know, I can walk that extra quarter mile into the store. That's a long parking lot, but you know what I mean? Extra 10th of a mile to the store to go grocery shopping and push the cart all the way back out to the car. Maybe I can commit to stopping in that gym that I drive by every single day. Guys, the inability to commit is just as easy to dodge as choosing your commitments, changing the ones that you have that don't serve you, and deciding to go down the path that will serve you instead. So guys, that's it. That's the next time trap. Those are the things that can get you stuck in there. Those are the things that you can do to pull yourself out of it. And the truth is, guys, once you decide to make a small decision to break that mold and to step out of your comfort zone, you never know where it could lead. Maybe you'll find yourself, I don't know, running mountain trails in Arizona with a guy that you've only met once in early May. That's what we're about to go do. Maybe it's going to be something that can create adventures and, and spark fond memories and, and build these great, great memories with lifelong friends that, uh, you know, spark and, and foster inside jokes and things that you have in life that are just invaluable. Like it, you can't put a number on those. Maybe you'll end up getting control of your health and making changes and becoming the best version of yourself that you can give to your family and your friends every single day. Maybe you'll get that dream job or start that dream business you've always wanted to do. Guys, the truth is, I don't know where stepping out of the next time trap will lead you. But there is one thing that I do know, and that is that the more times you let yourself live in the next time trap and to say, you know, I'll do that next time. I'll come next time. I'll commit next time. The more times you let yourself do that, guys, the more likely that next time will never come. Guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Next in Line podcast. I always enjoy getting to have an awesome conversation with y'all every single week. 
If you like what you heard here, guys, share the show. Give us a follow on social media. There's going to be some awesome material from Cocodona 250 this week coming up. There's some great views, cool videos, all that good stuff. Guys, let us know what we can do for you. Shoot us a DM. Let us know. Comment. Subscribe on your videos. Uh, like. Let us know what we can do for you guys. That is the the big part of this. Help us grow this movement. Help us reach as many people as possible. And always be prepared for whatever is next in line. <laughs>